Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. Are there any veterans in the house this morning? If you're a veteran, just stand to your feet. Come on, let's put our hands together and salute them and honor them and thank God for them, for their commitment to protect us, to guard us. We thank you for it. We thank God for you. Thank him for keeping you. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Oh, we can do better than that. We ought to be on our feet just rejoicing. We're in a unique place in the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. While you're still standing, grab your neighbor's hand. Grab your neighbor's hand and squeeze your neighbor's hand. We're going to pray before we get started. Come on, grab your neighbor's hand. Don't get comfortable in here. You better come on now. If you're not ready to roll, you're in the wrong place. So we're just going to grab and squeeze our neighbor's hand and pray. Father, we thank you for the day. Now, Lord, the hand that I hold right now in the name of Jesus, just as you're blessing me, bless them, Lord. And, oh, God, we are expecting your mighty hand to show up in this place this morning. We say thank you, Lord. We thank you for Pastor Ken and Ms. Bev and for, for Matt as they travel. We thank you the blood of Jesus covers them. And God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for these men who have, and women who've committed themselves to serve and protect us all these years. And say, we say thank you, Lord, for keeping them. And now, Lord, as this word go forth, Lord, let it penetrate the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord. Let them walk out a different way in which they've come in. We speak peace over your people, Lord. We release your Holy Ghost power, Lord. A new mind, a new thought, a new everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. Put your hands together and bless him one more time. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Now I'm wound up here. So y'all might as well come on and flow with me. And if, the, if you're dead, let's open up the door and let them out. But we do have a word for the house. I know this word is for this house, and we'll be coming from Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to slow my roll a little bit, but it start going and just start going, and you got to keep up with me. So we're going to be looking at Daniel 6, and we're looking at only that first 10th uh, verse of, of Daniel. Now, look, look, you just go back and, and, and dig through this whole chapter. You're going to see a whole lot more than what I'm going to talk about this morning. But I want to encourage you to, to take time to go back and, re, and look at this chapter. But, uh, and, and most of the time, this is familiar. Uh, chapter 6, we are here by chapter 3 and 6. But this morning, we're going to focus in on just chapter 6. And we're going to look at this one verse, uh, verse 10. And the scripture reads, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Did y'all get that? All right. It's one thing to come to church Sunday after Sunday. And it's another thing to gather with community as we know as houses of light. But it's another thing to access the promises of God and walk out your faith journey with an unshakable faith. So this morning, I want to take time and I want to preach from this title, An Unshakable Faith. Go ahead and fist bump two or three people and say, An Unshakable Faith. 
y'all don't have it, y'all don't have it. You got to have some authority with that. You need to fist bump two or three people with some authority and say an unshakable faith. You got to emphasize that. There's a reason why I'm emphasizing it. An unshakable faith. The, the, the Bible makes it clear that God is very personal. His desire is to have a deep, compassionate, and intimate relationship with us. He is interested in the most minute details of our lives and desires for us to have the very best in life, which is not just limited to material things, but he desires for us to have all of his joy, all of his peace, and for us to live a fulfilled life. And if you're sitting in here this morning or even watching online, it's not enough for us to be engaged for an hour and a half, then assume that the enemy is going to leave you alone because you came to church. That is not how the spiritual forces of darkness work. The devil desire is to get you to stop believing God, to get you off track and derail the plans of God for your life, to get you to give up on God. That is his strategy. He will work to pluck the promises out of your heart and to choke your faith. Yes, he will. That's why the Bible encourages us in his word. He says to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walk about seeking whom he may devour. Even in Luke, when you look at Luke 22, Jesus warned Simon Peter that, the, that Satan had desired to have him and sift him as wheat. But I like how Jesus came back. He said, but hold up, Simon. I got your back because I've already prayed that your faith failed not. See, that's what you got to grab a hold of. He's already prayed that your faith failed not. See, life can usher us into moments where our strength can be strained. Our choices can be constricted and our faith can be shattered. And yet the promise is, is as, as we trust God, our God is so awesome and so amazing that he can take the same situation that is working against you and work it for you. He, he can take the same circumstance that is working in your demise and use it as a platform for your deliverance. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. You got to get that. Tell somebody, yes, he can. Most of the time, most of the time when crisis come, you will find out what people are made of. We, we're, right now, we're in a crucial moment of time and the body of Christ needs to wake up. Just last week, I had multiple conversations about believers who have, who have been twisted and twisted and, and, and told that there's no God. The devil wants to shake your faith. Yes, he does. He wants to shake my faith. He, he wants to shake this ministry. He wants to shake your connection to this ministry. He wants to shake your families. He wants to shake your marriage. He wants to shake your finances. It's time that we get a conviction, a resolve within us that's mixed with the Holy Ghost and elevate our faith that, that we're no longer just walking in, but we got an unshakable faith. See, see, I'm talking about a faith that can't be tampered with, a faith that can't be penetrated, a faith that can't be sh devastated or, or shaken, but I'm talking about an unshakable faith. We, we've got to get off the roller coaster 
a ride of faith and in the starting and stopping as if we're on some amusement park ride. To, to be unshakable, faith must be built on the confidence that God's ultimate purpose will come to pass. It's a faith that says no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, no matter what I feel like, I know that God will. See, that's an unshakable faith. When you look at Habakkuk 2 and 4, it says the just shall live by faith. And not only is it spoken in Habakkuk, but it's spoken three other times in the New Testament. When you look at Romans 1 and 17, it says the just shall live by faith. When you look at Galatians 3 and 11, it says the just shall live by faith. When you look at Hebrews 10 and 38, it says the just shall live by faith. Why in the world would God put this word, these words in the Bible so many times? Well, what God is saying is that we got to learn that there is a hope for those who hold firm and place their trust in him when difficulty times comes. We're talking about unshakable faith. I, I can remember hearing the old saints say, I, won't, I, won't take, I wouldn't take nothing from a journey. You see, they spoke these words with conviction because they were determined not to give up and quit. They were determined to remain faithful in their journey to God. They understood that their journey was not a one-shot wonder, but it, was, it required them to remain steadfast and unmovable. I believe God desires for all of his people of faith to live a life that is consistently faithful to him. No, no periodic or spasmodic faithfulness, but consistently faithful, uh, a relentless faithfulness that can't be shaken. You see, God doesn't need any Christians uh, who are, are fair-weather Christians. No, he doesn't. He, he needs some all-weather Christians, those who can weather the storm when the sun is shining, those who can weather the storm when it's partly cloudy and scatter thunderstorms, those who can weather the storm when it's freezing and cold, those who can weather the storm when the leaves are falling and changing in, in between seasons. I'm talking about unshakable faith. When we look at Daniel 6, we, we find what God does when someone is faithful. To him. The journey of faithfulness began for Daniel at an early age when he was nothing but a displaced refugee living in exile, uh, living with no power, no permanence. Daniel was consistently faithful. You see, what you have to understand this is my first point an unshakable faith will propel you. When you read Daniel chapter 1, Daniel remained faithful to his, even his dietary regiment. His commitment and his conviction gained him favor with the high officials. His persistence in the little things granted him promotion to the bigger things. You see, now this is where we get stuck at. If we you ever hope to master the big things, then you got to start mastering the little things. Some of us still haven't even embraced the principle of increase in Matthew 25 where Jesus said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Let me break it down like a fraction for you, for some of you athletic geniuses of football. When Nick Saban was at LSU, they didn't embrace his greatness, but it, it didn't stop Nick Saban from being great. Listen to me, his faithfulness and his consistency to teach and train and mentor young men in football is what propelled him to build the dynasty in which many of you are shouting about even as last night, Roll Tide. 
I bet you got that. You see, Daniel, faithfulness to God exalted him and propelled him and gave him favor. He see, his faithfulness transcended administrations. He served under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. When he died, Daniel got another assignment under the rule of Belshazzar. It was during Belshazzar's reign that he interpreted the handwriting on the wall. After he died, Daniel was kept alive, and now he's serving under King Darius. You, you got to see this. You got to understand this. The favor of God is more important than the favor of man. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You see, when you give God a life of consistency, a life of faithfulness, God is obligated to keep his eyes on you. Oh, that takes me to my second point. An unshakable faith, God will keep his eyes on you. Some of you think, I just, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. But life of faithfulness with God while you're serving your family, guess what it does? It obligates God to keep his eyes upon you. Listen, some of you think I'm too poor. I would never get on the other side of the tracks. But let me help you out, baby. A life of faithfulness will cause God to keep his eyes on you. Some of you have been in a cycle of bad life all your life, and you never, you're saying, well, I'll never get a good life. A life of faithfulness to God will keep his eyes on you. I'm talking about unshakable faith. Daniel, he's under the rule of King Darius, and he's been elevated to prime minister over the entire umpire. Uh, remember, he was part of a conquered people. His people had struggled through a long depression and exile. Now he's elevated over others. He, his new level, check this out, evokes new devils. Now you got to grab this. The greater your visibility, the greater your vulnerability. The more successful you are, the more susceptible you become. Remember, the next time you ask God to enlarge your territory or to increase you, what you're saying is, Lord, make my air thinner and make the people around me fewer. And look, put the target on my back bigger because that's what happens when you're talking about promotion. Promotion will always accompany problems. But how many of you know no weapon formed against you shall prosper? There's no devil in hell that can touch you. You're like MC Hammer. Can't touch this, baby. Unshakable faith. Daniel's, Daniel's elevation caused jealousy amongst his colleagues. They searched to find something to work against him. But, but when, when they couldn't find nothing, <laughs> they decided to find a fault in his faith. Isn't it amazing? The only weapon they can use against Daniel was, the tie, was tied to his consistency and faithfulness to God. The only nugget they can dig up was he prayed to God every day at the same time, in the same place, with the same vigor and the same fervent. Who would have ever thought that prayer life or prayer life could become a dangerous activity? You see, increase 
will escort attacks. Yes, it will. Elevation evokes hateration, frustration, agitation, irritation, complications. But Daniel's elevation caused a separation. No longer was he a part of the three, but he was the one. The one that they were plotting against. How many of you know when God has his eyes upon you, there's nothing can stop you. Your, your way is prepared. The Bible says this, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those who are perfect toward him. In other words, God is so eagerly and, and, and aggressively seeking to work on your behalf because he trusts you. You see, an unshakable faith will move God. And that's what we want. We want an unshakable faith that will move God on our behalf. This takes us to our third point. An unshakable faith will sustain your life. An unshakable faith will keep your life. There's going to be some times in your life when no one will be able to get you out of a situation. All your education can't get you out. All your hookups can't get you out. Your mama, your daddy, your brother, or your sister can't get you out. But let me help you out right now. I know a God who can get you out. Yes, he can. Some of you can identify what I'm talking about right now. Just last night, you were in a tight place. You were what I call between a rock and a hard place, and God got you out. Well, guess what? This is the same thing that happened to Daniel. He was between a rock and a hard place after they couldn't find any dirt on Daniel. Verse 6 says that they appealed to the king pride. They appealed to his ego. The Bible says the administrations and the, and the officials went as a group to King Darius and said, oh, King Darius, live forever. Well, let me change this around a little bit. Let me paraphrase it to, to talk like we talk today. Let me tell you what they said. Oh, King David, Darius, you are the big ball of shot caller. And old King Darius said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Oh, King Darius, you need to write down a decree that no one will bow before any other God except you, King Darius. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds good. Well, long, next thing you know, King Darius has stamped and decreed what they have said. And as a result of it, Daniel finds himself between a rock and a hard place. Daniel recognized and realized that the decree had been established and it put him in a perplexing predicament. Guess what happened? Daniel, got to see this, he's the second in command. He is the man to carry out what the king wants to carry out. But now he has to make a decision. You don't hear me. Daniel is now in a place he has to make a decision on who he's going to honor. Does he obey King Darius or does he obey God? And so as a result, listen to me, the question is, how do you maintain an unshakable faith when you're caught between a rock and a hard place? Well, the Bible says in verse 10, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows turned open toward Jerusalem three times a day. He bent down on his knees and he prayed and he gave thanks to God just as he did before. In other words, Daniel stuck to what he knew that had sustained him over the course of life. His belief 
that the Lord would sustain him began when he was uprooted from his home, taken into captivity, and sent to a foreign country. What Daniel did, he returned to the place that he knew he would get some results. Y'all need to get a hold of this. He, as he prayed, he just didn't pray. He prayed louder than he prayed before. When he got in the room, he just didn't look and pray. He looked toward heaven, toward Jerusalem, where he was accustomed to looking, and continued to pray. What I'm trying to say, Daniel positioned himself in a place where he got the best results, and it was on his knees. He remained faithful to God, who had sustained him long before this time. Now, Daniel, he's in this place Try looking at what God is going to do. No, no, no. He didn't try to exempt himself. He didn't try to remove himself, but he remained faithful. I'm trying to tell you, we got to keep an unshakable faith. No matter what it looks like, no matter what we feel like, no matter what everybody is saying, God is calling us for an unshakable faith. Yes, he is. Every person in here. It's going to face something in life that will shake your faith to its foundation. But the question is, can your faith withstand the test? That's what you have to ask yourself. See, the devil wants to shake your faith. He wants you to quit. He, he wants you to give up on Jesus. But everybody needs a recall button. Say recall. recall. You got to push the recall button. When you push your recall button, it will remind you of situations God delivered you out before. You see, the problem is we forget about what he's done. The word says Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He hasn't changed. So when you get in those places, you got to push your recall button. Let me help you out. I'm going to recall some history. Daniel, in the lion's den, the same God that delivered him will deliver you. Joseph. Taken into captivity, the same God that delivered him will deliver you. Currently, the same God that brought you here this morning is the same God will keep you tomorrow. See, you got to understand, he has not changed. He, we're serving a sustainable God. Anytime you want to find God, just get in some trouble. The word of God says he's our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. See, all you got to do is look to God when you're in trouble. You see, an unshakable faith is when you know that you know that you know that you know. God is calling for us as believers to have an unshakable faith. Look at this world all around us. It is crazy. Oh, it's crazy. But yet we're in here. We're the light of the world. A city on a hill that can't be hidden. We're the ones that's supposed to impact the world. And when you look at where Daniel was, he didn't allow his situ situation to change him. Satan has released an all-out arsenal against believers. And it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to step up and begin to stand in the gap and penetrate the darkness on behalf of others. I told you I just had a conversation with one of our God kids where we have people that are dear to us who've forgotten or don't believe there's a God. I went to the doctor the other day just for physical, and he's telling me about his son who says he doesn't believe there's a God. Do you not understand what's happening? It's the enemy. He's working to twist us up. 
Right now, he's working to twist some of you up. He's intervening into your marriages, making you believe it is not worth it. But when you took a vow, you took it before God. It is worth it. He wants to shake your faith. He wants you to give up on Jesus. He, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up on your children. He wants you to give up on you. But we need, a, we need, a, we need an unshakable faith. When I talk to so many people who, how many people you know have committed suicide? They've lost hope. They've lost hope. They've given up on life because they don't believe there's nothing for them at this time. But I'm calling forth every believer with an unshakable faith. Where are you in this house? How many of you got an unshakable faith? I need to see the believers with an unshakable faith. Oh, you need to do better than that. I need to see the believers who are willing to stand with an unshakable faith. We got some people sitting in here right now, just not sure. Not sure where they are. They, they, look, look, they're, they're in a place of no hope. And I just believe as believers, as, as God call out Holy Ghost believers, we have to become sensitive Amen. to those individuals around us. And we have to be the mouthpiece to encourage them and to remind them there is hope in Jesus. And we have to stand with them and push them Amen. if it means you get a Holy Ghost righteous indignation in you. What do I mean by that? You grab them by the collar. You shake them by the arm. Whatever it means to get their attention. Because I'm telling you, you come to me and say you have no more hope, I'm going to wake you up. I got three calls this morning. Come on, Davy. And listen. You have to make this decision. Amen. We have some people that haven't even begun their journey. They're betwixt and between. For some reason or another, we've made serving God mystical or difficult. It's not. It's just a mind made up. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. It's just a mind made up. We, 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 we make it mystical and then we make it difficult because we try to add stuff to it. But there's nothing added to deciding that you're going to follow Jesus. The last time I read my Bible, every time he called a disciple, he just said, follow me. That's all he said. See, that's a mind made up. Some of you haven't made up your mind yet. And I'm saying, to this, I'm saying to you this morning, it's time to make up your mind. Right now. So if you're in that place and you're just unsure, listen, I want to encourage you to get up from where you are 
and let someone come and just pray for you and wrap their arms around you and help you, help you begin your journey. You, you don't have to know it all. You don't have to understand it all because it is a process. Yes, it is. And you got to start at some point or the other. And then we have some others that have faith have been shaken. You basically, you have lost hope. You can't seem to come out of the cycle you're in. And, and you, you're just there. You, 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 you're merely existing. And I'm saying to you, you can come up out of that. You can come up out. So I want to invite you to come too. Listen, we, we're not going to put you on front street. We just want to cover you. Because, because it's important that we cover one another. The Bible says in Romans 15 and 1, the strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. That means, that means where are all my strong believers in here? The unshakable faith ones. That means you and I have a responsibility. And we got to begin to cover them because the enemy desires to sift them as wheat to take them off track, to, to derail them, to disconnect them. And as long as he can keep you in isolation, there's no revelation. There's no elevation. There's nothing happening. You die alone spiritually. You die alone physically. But I'm calling for you right now. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.